Welcome to episode 161 of Eventually Super Train. I am your main host, Dan. Uh, this is a short-lived TV show podcast. We cover short-lived TV shows that never got enough love. Eventually, we will cover Super Train. Normally, we're doing three at a time. Uh, we're in December 2023 right now. We're finishing out the year uh, with just two shows at a time because Galactica 1980 finished a little while ago, and I wanted to save the new show, the new old show, until 2024. So, in this episode, we are uh, talking Max Headroom. Season 1, Episode 5, Tim S. Turner uh, will be joining me to discuss that. And then I will be discussing Episode 9 of Monster Squad. And I think it's going to be a good time. You're going to enjoy yourself. So let me play a little Max Headroom theme. And I will be on the other side. And Mr. Turner will be joining me soon after that. Max Headroom, Season 1, Episode 5, War, aired April 28th, 1987, directed by Thomas J. Wright, written by Martin Pascoe and Rebecca Parr, and Steve Roberts and Michael Casalt, and forgive me, I am going to read the Wikipedia description of the episode, because it's a good one, thank you to whoever wrote this, I've been, I, I've tried three times now to get the plot description right, and I keep meandering off, so this says it succinctly, and uh, again, I thank Wikipedia. A terrorist group called the White Brigade claims responsibility for a series of live, televised bombings with the aid of one of Network 23's competitors, Breakthrough TV. Carter and company investigate and soon uncover the truth. The terrorists are working with a sleazy programming package distributor who sells exclusive rights to coverage of their attacks to finance their activities. The situation gets out of control when the brigade bombs the ratings marketplace and later attempts to kill Network 23 reporter Janie Crane, who'd been investigating the story, and their leader, Croyd Hauser. I know I stumbled a little bit there, but this is the fourth or fifth time I'm doing this. That's the breakdown for war. I'm going to play a little bit of music, and Tim, as Turner and I, are on the other side. Episode 5 of Season 1 of Max Headroom. I am here with the great Tim S. Turner. And we are discussing this episode. Tim, how are you? You know, uh, I'm doing great. And the main reason I'm doing so great is because I've switched to Wild Root Cream Oil. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. (laughs) I thought I smelled something fantastic. Is that line. lanolin? Wow, it is. It is lanolin. Oh, <laughs> um, now uh, uh, I just I just want to say that we're recording this in December, so happy holidays to you. I forget what it is you celebrate. 
Um, uh, you know, a festivist for the rest of us. Festivist, yeah. So, so, so we're having a good time here, everybody. So it's a, it's a st- we're still early on in the season. If we were an old time radio show, we'd be doing the Christmas shopping episode rather than the Christmas party episode. Exactly. So, so, um, so I want to. Uh, you got to tell me, um, Tim, what do you think of war? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I know what you were gonna do. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> so I, I actually, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, again, this is more opening up of the Max Headroom world uh, because you know we we get to see the the TV based stock market, mm. which mm. Uh, I don't know if we ever see it again, but it was interesting it's to, cool see, to see. Yeah, yeah. Where they're best basically betting on TV ratings futures or something. yeah yeah i wasn't 100 percent sure but i just rolled with it i thought whatever yeah whatever yeah and then we got of course uh some uh you know timely terrorism and uh or or is it uh is it faux terrorism um and uh, you know I, the more i watch this show i'm convinced the whole thing must have been filmed in great britain because uh, that whole area that they showed where they were having the explosions and stuff, boy, oh, yes. that, that's got that that uh, post World War II uh, Great Blitz. Britain look to it. The uh, Blitz let... bombed out Blitz look to it. It really does. Yeah, it really does because yeah. it's just like one huge, like like block of just like buildings in disarray that they blow up some more. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so let me ask you. Yeah. They, they had like he okay um, for for those of you. <laughs> We <laughs> were wondering what 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 we're talking about. Uh, apparently, uh, there's terrorists that are blowing up a sector of the city, and uh, you know, of course, Edison has to investigate this. And one of the things he, he discovers, he discovers a small movie studio or TV studio, whatever, and there's like a whole scale miniature of yes. that area. Yes. So, Suddenly it becomes like Escape from the Bronx or something like that. Yeah, and oh. I was looking at that, and I'm like, for for a second, and then I had to correct myself, but I was like, did they actually just film like on the the little set, or <laughs> or was that actually outside? But then I remembered the the woman was out there and she got blown up. So yeah. Uh, but I was kind of wondering what the exact significance of that model was, or what the point. But I I I th- I mean to me it was um. I thought it was just like a, a sort of misdirection. I, I just sort of thought where because mm. the bad guy there, I, I um, Hauser, I believe he he really does seem like yeah he he wants to do some really big terrorist stuff, but he's making good money off of this um, this deal they have with Breakthrough TV, and so he's just doing you know as he says you know we, well we clear all the areas and then we blow them up. Sort right. of. Well, I guess is that's terrorism in a way, right? Um, uh, but but I mean, you don't you you don't usually get a a warning, you know, from hello, yeah. we're the terrorists, and uh, get out of the building, please. <laughs> um, I guess you. I don't know. Um, but but I, I to to me it was sort of like possibly like a misdirection. Like yeah, this is what we're really doing. Like um, you know, we're 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 it's it's about the uh, the advertising and the money, and it's small scale. And we're not really going to do anything bad. So then when they do something bad, we can go oh, but they built a model. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 the thing I liked about this is there was really kind of a wag the dog feel to what they were trying to do. Uh, you know, it's like okay, so we're gonna this 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 guy was it uh, was Hewitt was that his name? 
the, the, the syndicator? The seller, yeah, I believe it was Hewitt, yeah. Who that was trying correct. to sell it to Network 23? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so he's <clears> – <throat> um, what he's trying to do is create – he's working with this supposed terrorist group mm-hmm. uh, to create fake news so they can report it on the spot as it happens during this big rating sweep time. Mm-hmm. And then he can sell that package to Network 23, you know, which, of course, uh, you know, Cheviot doesn't really want to do that because this guy is kind of a creep and uh, his methods are incredibly unscrupulous. Yes. Uh, But at the time, for some reason, the only thing they have is dancing dogs and tutus. Yeah. (laughs) Still trying to figure out why they were showing that at all. Yeah, that's... (laughs) That seems strange to me that the news would be that slow that during ratings week that oh, I don't know. I mean, I almost thought it was like one of those things where like if you you know like when I was growing up, PBS station, the PBS station where I lived in Rochester, New York, during during the um, the telethons, you know, where they would raise money, they always showed like um, like like Saturday nights when they would show Doctor Who, they would show new episodes, or they would show episodes all night long. But now if you tune into a PBS station, they show stuff that they never show on the station except during the telethons. Right. Like 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 doo-wop, con- doo-wop reunion concerts and such. And like, here's the three-hour history of air supply or something like that. And you're like, what? <laughs> what is this? You don't, you don't I, you know, I'm here for the Midsummer Murders, you know, not the, uh, what, what is this you're showing? And, and that's almost, uh, that's almost what I thought. Like maybe, maybe during sweeps, they normally show dogs, but this time the ratings are low and people are like, why are we showing dogs? Because <laughs> last time it worked. <laughs> well, I did like the fact that, uh, uh, Edwards, the, uh, mustachioed board member of Network 23 it says, uh, morals are one thing, ratings are everything. everything. <laughs> and the music goes, dun, dun, dun. dun. <laughs> we got it. We got it. We got it. <laughs> it's just driving home the whole point of the entire show. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and there's the thing, too, with yes, is when has news been entertainment since it began? Yeah. Question mark? Question mark since it began? I would hope not, but maybe. I don't know. I mean, if news began with, like, like I don't know, with I would say the Chinese or the Romans or something like that. But 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 then when news began, like it was people like writing it out on parchments and things. And that's a there's no sweeps <laughs> week when you gotta write it all on a parchment and distribute it. Or is there? I don't know. <laughs> I, I was wondering, like like you know, Edward R. Murrow, like did he ever have to like bring on like a water skiing chipmunk oh, yeah. to get ratings or? I don't oh. believe so. No, he. <laughs> I, not that I remember. <laughs> well, there we he were, is, Taffy. We were going to talk about to... Pearl Harbor, but we've got a grandma here who just skydived for the first time. <laughs> so, so we're going to set the Pearl Harbor aside. You know what happened. Day and in infamy, whatever. We got a grandma who's, I'm trying to think of a good good catchphrase for a skydiving grandma. I can't think of one. But you Esther know. here is going to jump from... <laughs> Twenty thousand feet. There she goes. Yeah, way to go, Grandma. And now, oh, Pearl Harbor. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. Yeah, who about cares? It. We'll, we'll, stand <laughs> by. we'll stand by. Yeah. Um. It's um. Uh. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I cut off your? Your? I was. Cu- I cut off your critiquing. No. <laughs> well. It, uh. Again, with the 
expanding of the universe of this show, it's interesting because you you really do see more and more. There are TVs everywhere, everywhere all yes. the time, and they're constantly on because there's a part with Edison and Murray playing squash, mm-hmm. and there's monitors in there. Yeah. Yep. And Max, Max, Max shows up on it, you know, and starts, you know, oh, great, get, get game, you know. And, <laughs> um, it, it's literally like you get the impression if you go into a uh, like a restroom, a public restroom, there's like a TV there like while you're on the yeah, toilet. Yeah, uh, <laughs> may, Maybe tilt it slightly up so it's not like it's looking God, right I at you. So. so you, you can sort of <laughs> see it, but it doesn't like it. No one can make a – and even Max would be like, hey, I can't see you. Yeah. Well, they already they do that uh, in this one and the next episode where somebody covers up the TV oh, yes, when yeah. Max mm-hmm. is talking just to get get him to leave them alone. Twenty four seven Max. Oy. yeah. The um, uh, I I'll just I'll just I'll just say that I I quite enjoy the episode. I think it's very good. And like you say, it's 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 tricky because um, uh, yeah, I'm watching so it explode right now. There's some pretty good explosions. If those are models, those are darn good. Yeah, I and well, okay. <laughs> I, I think there's a, a lot of really great stuff with this episode that once mm-hmm. again makes you kind of wish this show had had a longer life because yes, you see uh, with Edison Carter, you really see like a side to him that is pretty arrogant. Yes, um, mm-hmm. where he's like, uh, you know, like well, you know, that one's prohibited from the public or whatever, not from me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, everything with him is like it's about him. You yeah, know, yeah, it's like, yeah. damn it, I'm Edison Carter, and I'm gonna, you know, get yeah. my way. And it's it's only kind sort of amusing when when Max sort of appears and they sort of talk together that you get someone who uh, who's able to uh, bring him down if only for a second. Oh yeah, Max just, brings him down a peg mm-hmm. all the time. And Theora kind of she does her best, but. Uh, Yes, but, and, 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 I th- and I will say I don't think Martinez, the hell, the chopper uh, pilot, he cares too much about because I mean I think because doesn't like there's a lot of footage of a chopper flying around with um, sort of voiceover of uh, you really like this, don't you, Martinez? Yeah, it's the best and stuff like that. And it's it's I will say as much as I enjoy the episode, as much as I enjoyed it, sort of opening out even more of this dystopian whatever wherever the hell we are. Um, uh, there, there was a. I did get a bit of a feeling that if this episode maybe could have been a half an hour, it would have been absolute perfection. But as it is, it feels like there's one too many like repeat moments. Yeah, but, there's. It does get. I feel a little stretched. Yeah, especially like repeat moments with like the the guy with the goofy mustache and his friend in the van. Oh, Doctor uh, Clayton Forrester. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the, the new mads, um, you know, or, or like with the with the with the woman, uh, is it Jay, Janie Crane there with yes. her pistol camera thing, a rifle camera, whatever? I thought it, it was like, like a bazooka or something. I thought when it, was, I first it was pretty saw it. great, whatever it was. Yeah. but but it it seems like it's it's one of those things where you sort of see her and you think like, are they dragging her around a bit too much? Is she in rubble a bit too long? Is she kind of just sitting around in their hideout too? It's just everything kind of, um, apart from a few scenes, like everything kind of seemed to repeat itself at least like once. You know, I will like, say her story did seem kind of, kind of like a toss away. Yes. It was, it was a little odd. I, I kind of, I kind of got the feeling that maybe they were setting her up for a character later on or something. Cause I know, I think she's in the next episode. She but, is in the next episode. Okay. Yeah. But but I almost I almost got the feeling that it, this was just like set up to just sort of 
show what her character would do, and then maybe she's coming back. Although, if the next episode is the last one of the season, she might not come back in the next yeah. season. But, but that sort of feel, and it was, it's I, yeah, I think it's a good episode. I just think um, I just think if if it were more sort of, we get a we get like that that the um uh uh Hewitt there whatever the heck his name is he you know he shows up how many times on the screen to yell at the head of the network you we yes. got to do this and how many times does this Chev Chevier there Chev, you know have a chat with that guy with the goofy mustache and the lady who gets injured and everything like and just just how how many times do we sort you know the Dr. Forrester and the new TV's Frank or whatever how many times do they sort of yell at each other in the van there there is a there is a bit of, bit of a feeling that they had a very specific idea, which is a good one, that there is this faux terrorist group which is on the verge of becoming like a real terrorist group who are getting their funding through a guy who is packaging their crimes to sell them to the news. Right. And everybody knows it. It's just a question of like, you know, they haven't really done anything. You know, that's not a very good terrorist group. And, and um, so, so yeah. there's, there, there, there's some, the idea, it's actually sort of conceptually, it's almost better than, almost than how they pulled it off. But it still works. It's still a good episode. I just think, um, I just think maybe if there had been one more element to it, one extra thing, like, yeah. happening in it, like, I don't know. I, I would have liked more of Hewitt, and... actually, yeah. because he kind of had this Nathan Thurm kind of way about it. Yeah, like he's yeah. all sweaty, like smoking all the time, because he's just so desperate to make that one big yeah. score with Network Twenty Three, and yes. this is his shot, you know. And it's and Breakthrough TV uh, just kind of looks cheesy whenever they're on the air. Like this is oh, a yeah. cheap version. They don't have they don't have the fun camera that Edison does, and they don't have the the verve like Edison's the one man guy when he goes out there. You know, Breakthrough TV they need a regular old fashioned crew. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I just I just yeah I I think I think like I said I think it's a fine episode that expands the um the thing. But you see that every once in a while with shows that are high concept where um every once in a while like say with a Twilight Zone episode or something you'll you'll see an episode where. You know, the idea behind it is so great, but then it's like, oh, we have to make it how long? And it's yeah. just, and, and you can sort of see, and it, does, it doesn't hurt the episode to have things repeated. It's just, I noticed it the second time I watched it. Yeah. The first time I watched it, I was completely in, enjoyed it. The second time I was like, didn't they have this argument like 10 minutes ago? Huh. And did, didn't 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 they like why didn't we like watch the bad guys drag um, uh, Jamie around like? five minutes ago too and and just there you know is is murray is still in his racquetball outfit yeah he's in the outfit for the entire episode Bradley. yeah and it's it's which implies that this all does seem to take place like very 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 quick and i guess it does but um but yeah there there is there is like i said the and and it's not it's not a big drawback everyone and to be honest i, I think if you're don't listen to what i just said <laughs> Forget what I just said. Go and watch it. You'll enjoy it. It's fun. I just thought. I just thought it was. If it had been like I'm looking at it here, like in the episode is what like 48 minutes. If it had been like a 40 minute episode, yeah, it yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think they could have easily trimmed. Uh, there, there's a couple of bits I think with the terrorist uh, characters that I think could have been cut down a little yes. bit. Because uh, there's just a lot of you know that. You know, back and forth about mm. what they're about. Yes, exactly. And that you they get could it. have trimmed. I thought. Yeah. You you get it the first time, and you don't you don't really sort of need to 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 hear it again. And and, and 
I hate to say it because I've been enjoying the show apart from that stinky second episode. I've been enjoying it so much. <laughs> when I noticed it the second time, I was like, mm, this, this, I don't know if this is padding, but this feels a bit like, like padding to me. However, the episode looks great. Everyone's doing oh, yeah. fine. It's, it's fun to watch. The explosions are good. And sit there and stare at the explosions. I mean, it's probably a mix of maybe model and, and a, something and real. I, I don't know, but it's just like, I just saw one and thought, that looks really good. And that yeah, this this one does look like it. It, it, it uh, like maybe they allotted a little more budget to this one. Yeah, yeah, maybe, and they took away the budget from that one where the guys were just skating in that room. Oh, the rakers or, whatever, or running around or whatever the hell they were doing in that room. Frack, um, fracking, fracking, raking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, okay, so I, I've got a question for you. Tell yeah, me yeah. if uh, I'm wrong or maybe this is just like insane. But there's a part, a whole sequence with Bryce. Mm-hmm. Where he's got a parrot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that uh, a manifest version of the digital parrot we saw him creating in the pilot? Oh, I never thought of that. Because remember, I, that was yeah. one of the things they were talking about with Max mm-hmm. Hedrum was like, oh, maybe we can make him, you know, three dimensional. Yeah. Or whatever, and he because he was working on that with the parrot, and yeah. I was like, is that because it looks like the same parrot? Yeah. I would bet it is. That would be cool, right? I'm gonna go with the yeah. It is. I think I'm I'm gonna go with the yeah. It is. Okay. Yeah, I like it. See, see the episodes. The episode just got better. Plus, um, uh, is it uh Jeffrey Tambor and uh, Matt? Is it Matt? Frewer? I've never said his name. Yes. Yeah, Matt Frewer and Jeffrey Tambor. When they're playing the racquetball or whatever game it is they're playing, the the scene starts off with a lot of shots of their butts. Yes. So so enjoy that, right? <laughs> yeah, for a little something for the ladies. For the ladies to enjoy, and <laughs> and so so the episode gets better the more we talk about it, and, and yeah. my my complaints become um, feeble. Well, and that's when I say, why couldn't Theora have been playing as well? True, that would but have anyway. been nice. We could have all enjoyed. The time. <laughs> I, as enjoyed I the continue time. my love affair with Amanda Pays. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so uh, what else on this? I mean, the, the thing with this one is is. Having sort of gone over what it's about, me having said it's, um, I find some of it padded. I don't have a ton more to say about it apart from repeating myself, which is what I, I, I yelled at the episode for doing. So I'm going to stop <laughs> here and say, what else do you have? Because I don't really have much else. Uh, well, the one thing that I have is that I noticed in the credits, and then I, I, you know, I had to go and look in IMDb to make sure it was the same person. Uh, this episode was uh, co-written by Marty Pasco, who was a writer for DC Comics in oh, the yeah. 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he worked on like Doctor Fate and uh, Saga of the Swamp oh, yes, Thing, yeah. um, and also he wrote uh, Mask of the Phantasm. Um, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. I love Mask of the Phantasm. Gosh. Yeah, so it was kind of neat to see him. Yeah. I don't know if he does any other episodes, but... Uh, That's cool. Uh, yeah, it was kind of neat to see him in there. Maybe it was just uh, he was bored and like somebody mm. said, hey, you want to write for Max for an episode or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe just uh, maybe at that time, yeah, something cool to write for and just to, to be a part of there. Yeah, wow. Well, it's like when you see what Alan Brennert's name on Buck Rogers... Yes, and you're like, oh my gosh, Albert! He's written the the. I, I don't think I've read a lot of comics written by him, but the ones I've read are generally all really wonderful. And he wrote that big two parter where Frank Gorshin leads a bunch of ragtag bad guys trying to steal a planet or something like. I forget what it is. Yeah, and like with the one Marky Post. Wow, 
Yeah. Uh, um, uh, I was, uh, I had, oh, oh, there, there is a, that moment where, um, they return from racquetball and doesn't, doesn't Theoris look at, look at, uh, um, our, our main man there and say, nice legs. Yes. And he's, he's like, yeah, I'd like to see yours sometime. And I thought me too. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Come on. But we sure got to see a lot of Murray. <laughs> we got to see a lot of Murray in shorts. A lot of Murray sitting, you know, uh, akimbo. <laughs> yes sitting there just going enjoy murray in, in his little boxer shorts why can't murray have fun why why, <laughs> why why does it have to be addison murray wants to have fun it's one of the few times you actually see murray out of the damn studio yes you know? as i see they're playing a very i think i to me it's what it's a very 80s game that what they're doing there i don't know that that's for for certain but that seems like the kind of thing that like the yuppies would do on their lunch breaks yes so um uh yeah so so I'm uh yeah I think I'm apart I I will say if you like shots of red helicopters flying above like like what look like construction sites or dirt pits this is your episode <laughs> and you know it is Martinez yeah it's so funny because you go you you watch so much British television and you're like oh the entire country looks like the Cotswolds yeah. and then you see this you're like oh huh yeah <laughs> what happened <laughs> yeah it's it's a great wherever they are that location is fantastic I mean it's really just like it's like a couple of blocks of just blown out buildings. Yeah. I keep I keep expecting that copter flying by. I keep I keep expecting to become like the end of uh, Shaft's big score, and I keep <laughs> expecting Richard Roundtree to come running out from behind one of the buildings. <laughs> it doesn't happen, but you can dream. You can dream. I I really hope that because uh, this was in you know eighty what eighty yeah. eight. Uh, I really really hope they've cleaned that area up. <laughs> I hope so. Too. I hope so too. Well, Max Headroom told us they'd be back. They wanted to blow up some more buildings, so we leave it the way it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, so so uh, do you have anything else on this one? Uh, I do not. Okay, so overall, I, I give War, I mean, if I had to judge it out of five, I'd say probably three and a half. Yeah, that's, would, what, that's probably what i give it, sure. Yeah, three and a half, which is above average. But but it it, it you know um, I, I I'd give it a four if I felt it didn't have the padding. I repeated myself again. So Tim, what are you doing online? What's going on? What are you doing for the holidays? What what's Festivus doing? <clears throat> uh, well, you know we 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 have the uh, airing of grievances. Um, oh yes. <laughs> we stand around the blank pole. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we're we're gonna you know it's gonna be fun. Um, my girlfriend and I are gonna be. Um, uh, celebrating it uh, with her family. Uh, oh, awesome. Yeah, my mom's out of town, so um, it'll be uh, I'll be over there uh, making dinner and everything. So uh, oh, yeah, nice. do you have your menu plan? I I do. <laughs> oh, nice. Maybe we'll hear about it next time. Maybe this is this will be the cliffhanger, everyone. Now you you tell us you tell us uh, where we can find you online, and then I'm going to mention dinner again, and we'll leave everyone hanging. Go. <laughs> uh, you can find me on uh, Beauty the Beast and the Bees uh, with my co-host Kelly Hogaboom and I. Uh, this time we're going to be, uh, I believe it's uh, for Christmas. We're going to be discussing um, it's a wonderful knife and Thanksgiving. Mm. So, uh, you know, holiday slashers is the way yes. to go. Yeah, yeah, holiday slashers are the way to go. Ding. All right, Tim, 
Um, just, just give us, just give us one item, not a big one. Give us one item that's on the menu, and then we're gonna go to the Monster Squad thing. Just, I want you. I'm gonna count down from three. Say the item, and we're gonna go right into the Monster Squad thing. Think about it for a second. Think about it. Not the big one. Not the big one. <laughs> think about it. Think about it. Three, two, one. Corn chowder with ham. <laughs> My name's Walt. I work as night watchman here at Fred's Wax Museum to put myself through criminology college. It used to be very lonely until recently when I plugged in my crime computer. Suddenly, oscillating vibrations brought to life three legendary monsters. Monster Squad, episode 8, The Wizard. This is November 6th, 1976. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a few days after Halloween in 1976. What did you do? on that Halloween, two years before the movie Halloween comes out. Uh, and in fact, the um, having said that, Arthur Mallet, who plays the wizard in this episode, Br- uh, British actor, kind of a little squished up face you know him when you see him, written by Al Schwartz, and oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm talking here and I, I didn't give you the full skinny uh, on the episode, is written by Al Schwartz and Bill Friedman, and it's directed by uh, William Pete D'Angelo. And... Yeah, the wizard is played by Arthur Mallet, who, who you know, he was in a lot of stuff. You know him when you see him, he kind of... um kind of looks like a bit like Kenneth Mars actually but a smaller more squinted version of Kenneth Mars um he was actually in uh, Halloween he plays the um the caretaker who takes uh, uh Loomis out to um Judith Myers's grave and he did a bunch of other things he he did was the main voice in Secret of the Nim Secret of Secret of the Nim Secret of Nim he was on a lot of random TV shows and he was in Young Frankenstein he was like a, one of the elders of the in the village kind of thing and yeah he he pops up in a lot of stuff and uh yeah he plays the wizard in this who presumably is the um the boyfriend of ultra witch and wizard has got out of prison and i guess ultra witch has gone back in prison although who knows i mean maybe it's um maybe the wizard episode was supposed to air before the ultra witch episode and because then this ends up with you know um they they shrink him down really tiny maybe like um i don't know three four inches tall and um send him to uh and he's going to prison and so maybe the next episode would alter which wanting to free him because that's the thing is when we saw the you know i want to free my boyfriend she shows a picture of the wizard and you're like okay who's that guy but in this one you see that guy but i'm wondering how many people who originally watched this saw you know saw this guy and thought oh that's the guy that the Ultra Witch was talking about in the previous Witch, the Ultra Witch and the Wizard. That would have been a fun team-up. I would have liked this if there had been a second series. Um, if there had been a se- season two in 1977, then I bet Ultra Witch and Wizard would have teamed up. But then, again, I almost... Um, I, I, you kind of watch that. You, it could go either way. It could be something where you see the Wizard's picture... And then next week, it's a good catch if you go, oh my gosh, that's the that's the wizard there. So he must have been in prison. She was trying to free him. She got put in prison. He got released, and now he's trying to do some stuff. Or the wizard episode was supposed to come first, and he ends up in prison, so she's trying to free him in her episode. I, I don't know. But regardless, the wizard is the fellow... Uh, in this episode, he's got yeah, he's got a you know the wizardy hat and a, a long beard, and lots of he he's in that room that we've you know all the bad guys are in except they're like stars hanging from the ceilings and stars and I I want to say moons and things on the wall I I forget what exactly there is really it's actually a, a confusing moment where um 
uh, Drac shows off his magic to the wizard. He turns into a bat, flies around, turns it back to Dracula, and then begins to walk towards the wizard and his henchmen Mumbo and Jumbo. No, that's not right. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, Mumbo and Jumbo. And and that, that shot begins with the bat, and then all of a sudden smoke everywhere. The smoke clears and Dracula's there. Now they probably did a cut somewhere in there, or, or maybe they didn't. Maybe they had a really good smoke machine that, that brought in the smoke and blew out the smoke in a few seconds. Probably not, but there, there's probably a cut in there. But but regardless, there's a moment where you see, you know, the bat clearly on a string flap in there. Explosion of smoke. Smoke dissipates. Dracula's there, and he steps towards the wizard. And you see for a split second, like, a shadow of something on his chest hanging from above. And you think, oh, that's the bat. They didn't get the bat out of frame, but I think it's one of the stars. Anyway, um, let me tell you what's going on in this. And maybe let me, let me, let me play this opening scene for you. And this is... Um, uh, the monsters are standing on one side of the crab computer. Walt is standing on the other, and Walt's making some sort. Of, he has a pink cookie, and he's making a mixture of some, some sort of blue, noxious-looking chemicals in a glass. Gentlemen, I have here every poison known to medical science. I am going to drink them all in one gulp. Don't do it, Walt. What's wrong? Is it money you need? Relax, guys. I've invented the universal antidote. One bite from this star-shaped cookie should do it. What happens if it doesn't work? I'll be dead as a doornail in seven seconds. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, water. If you're alive, say something to us. It worked. I've never felt better in my life. I want each one of you to carry one of these in your belts at all times for emergency. <laughs> so Walt is okay, and in fact, that cookie comes in handy later. This is one of those shows where um, uh, Chekhov's gun thing doesn't doesn't always work. That that ha- that would happen sometimes with shows like this. We, uh, I guess that's sometimes what like cold opens are in shows, right? A lot of times, like a cold open has nothing to do with the rest of the show. So it's almost like it looks like a Chekhov's gun set up for nothing. But this one, no. The the um, later on in the episode, Drac will be zapped with laughing gas or laughing spell or something, and won't be able to stop laughing, and will have to eat the um. The, the cookie. So anyway, they discover that Mount Rushmore has disappeared, and we cut to the wizard, and the wizard is very angry at, um... Well, he doesn't mention the altar witch. He says the reason why he's really angry is he bought a huge piece of land in Arizona because the government was going to build some sort of airport there, and they didn't. And so now he's got this big worthless piece of land, and so he's stealing all the landmarks, and he has basically a machine there where he puts in photos of landmarks and then they come out the other side like really tiny so he's done that with Mount Rushmore here he does that with Empire State Building Golden Gate Bridge and the Hooterville Water Tower what what was the third one they do why am I blanking Statue of Liberty Golden Gate Bridge Empire State Building yes and so um and it, it just so happens that the um well, let, let me let me let me play you a little bit of the wizard's uh, shtick here. Here, here's here kind of the way you can hear how he sounds here, and he's kind of doing. You might recognize the voice. You probably recognize the face, although there's a lot of beard around it. Um, and the two guys talk. Well, the one guy talking is Mumbo, who's the huge guy, and Jumbo is the littler guy. And we'll talk about them in a moment. But but listen to this. This is um this is uh, oh he did the Washington Monument too. That's right. Listen to this. Now my faithful but stupid underlings, Mumbo and Jumbo. 
I shall reveal to you my plans to avenge myself on a perfidious government. You mean the good old USA? I mean the duplicitous government that tricked me into buying a thousand acres of barren land here in Arizona under the impression that they were going to build an airport on it. And did they build an airport on it? No, they did not build an airport on it. Oh, the duplicity of it all, the chicanery. It's enough to make a patriot like myself quiver with rage. Rage, rage, But now, my fine, freakish friends, I am getting even by stealing all the national monuments. And I will exhibit them here on my thousand acres of hitherto worthless land. People will flock from hither and thither to see them. And to see them, they will pay five dollars a head for adults, half price for children, and uh, nothing, of course, for senior citizens. <laughs> I shall reap a veritable bonanza. I don't get it. Uh, how can you steal a monument? They're pretty big, aren't they? That head, I will not steal them big. I will miniature them in the wizard presto changer. So the monsters go to the assorted places, and Frank is... Frank is in the Empire State Building? Or Statue of Liberty? I, for, I forget which, which one of them goes to which one, but one of them's in the Statue of Liberty. I think Frank's in the Statue of Liberty, yeah. And and um, and um uh, Bruce the werewolf is in the Empire State Building. And um, they both get trunked down, so they're stuck inside, and they're very unhappy about being a tenth of an inch tall. And Drac f- flies up to Golden Gate Bridge, and it's not there anymore. And, uh, yeah, and it's funny. It really is as simple as he puts these photos through this presto changer and um all, and you then you see an image of the um, thing on screen and all of a sudden it goes blank and it comes out uh, the little thing comes out the other side it's very easy to do who would have known i guess he's a wizard right and so we don't always understand the ways of wizards and so drac and walt using triangulation find out the location of where the nation is being threatened by this man with a strange vocation. Yeah. So Drac goes to the wizard's place, and here, here is here's the Drac and the wizard meeting. And Mumbo Jumbo are there too. Jumbo, answer the door. I didn't hear it ring. Well, why wait to the last moment? Oh. <laughs> yes. Next, I think I'll steal Mount Everest. It would be a delightful ski slope for here in heaven. What can I do for you? Ask not what you can do for me. Ask what you can do for yourself. I don't understand. You will in time, sir. I see from the sign on your door that you are a wizard. Ah, yes, indeedy. Is it the wizard at your service? And a sorcerer. Oh, yes, indeedy. Make that no, indeedy. What kind of a sorcerer would call himself a sorcerer without a sorcerer's apprentice? Which is exactly why I'm here, sir. Sorry, Mac. This is a one-man operation. <laughs> that is your loss, Blizzard. That's Izzard. Izzard the wizard. Too bad. You have just turned on a person who has worked with Houdini. You? You? You worked under the great Houdini? Under him? <laughs> Who do you think taught him the escape from the coffin trick? 
I scoff at you. I was doing the very same trick when I was a babe in arms. In the end, after a lot of chicanery and picking Frank and Bruce out of the Statue of Liberty and the Empire State Building, they, they finally get... Uh, they finally, uh, they're finally huge again, and they attack Mumbo and Jumbo, beat them up pretty quickly, and then ended up shrinking the wizard and saving the day. And um, and like I said, uh, Drac does get to use that that uh, poison preventer cookie, uh, so he doesn't uh, he can stop laughing when he gets zapped with the laughing gas. And Frank kind of throws a tantrum when he's trapped in the Statue of Liberty, and um, Bruce is just kind of slightly confused about why he's in the Empire State Building and out at one in, ten in, tenth of an inch tall. Uh, there's a uh, fun gag where the wizard sets the um, shrunken uh, monuments. I guess, I mean, like Statue, uh, Statue of Liberty is a monument, but Golden Gate Bridge and, and Empire State Building, those aren't monuments proper, are they? They're just edifices. I don't know what the, you would call them. But there, there's a funny thing where he, he puts them, um, uh, the wizard puts the little, little buildings and, and such down on a table next to a stuffed owl, and the owl is like, three times the size of everything and Bruce says he's getting worried about being in this tiny Statue of Liberty because he looks outside and there's the biggest owl he's ever seen looking at them and he thinks it looks like it wants to eat them up so um, you know he's, Frank's a little worried did I say Frank or Bruce? Frank is in the statue so uh, I, I like that there is one p part here one, one of the fun things w w with the show um, is as I've said some of it it's it's not shot as a stage play it's shot as a single camera thing but, but so, there are like the way they reuse all the sets like again this the wizard set has a door on one end no no actually it doesn't does it it has a door on it's it's basically it's the same sort of size and shape as the ultra which is except i don't think it has the door on the left it just has the door on the right i think there could be a door on the left i don't remember there being a door on the left no one comes in. i mean that's the thing no one comes in uh drac drac um oh, does he fly in I forget. Yeah, yeah. I guess he comes in on the left, right? So it's basically the same, basically the same set as we've seen numerous times with the bad guy sets. And yes, there is that giant um, uh, chamber, enclosed glass chamber thing that they all get caught in. This time, it's a, it's a shrinking, reducing, and 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 enlarging, enlarging device. And but oddly enough, not the one that. Um, they used to shrink the uh, the uh, buildings. This one is used to uh, make Frank and, and and Bruce big again. I like that Drac is trying to put his the two little his two little friends in the reducing machine when he gets caught, and the wizard gets a hold of them and turns them into two white rabbits and puts them in a magic hat. I, I thought that was very funny. Um, and then and then Drac keeps turning them to other animals or such. Oh yeah. Oh okay. I just saw it. You don't see the door on the left. You just see Mumbo Jumbo go off screen as the wizard's talking. Then they come back on screen, and Drac is there. There, yeah, some interesting, interesting shot. There's there's a shot here where um, uh, where we are in uh, the the wax museum, and you know normally it's like the 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 fourth wall is the wall looking at the the front of the computer. You know where Walt's usually standing and sort of looking at the stairs in the background and the monsters are on the right kind of thing. The Invisible Man thing is on the left and there's a door over on the left, somewhere around on the left. But it's inter interesting here because we actually get when Drac, Drac on, on leaning on the back of the computer looking at Walt, which means he's looking towards like the fourth wall as it were, and Walt looking at Drac, we actually get a few shots where the camera goes behind Drac and we get to see what's behind Walt, which is the door, I guess, unless it's a second door right there but it's, it's the door and 
uh, I think that's that's, that's kind of cool to get to see. It's like, it's like in Happy Days when when we have those few moments where like people are sitting in chairs and and all of a sudden the camera like you know like just does the one eighty and suddenly you see like the the wall the fourth wall that we never see. So that's that's kind of fun. Uh, so yeah, that happens in here. Uh, there, there there are a lot of fun little moments in here. I don't think this is as good as Ultra Witch Wizard. I don't think is as interesting as Ultra Witch. Um, shrinking is is fun but turning them to giant cutouts is is more substantial and weird whereas here when they're just tiny they just pretend like they have tiny people in their hands oh look look bruce is here he's so tiny you can't see him whereas the cardboard cuts i think are a lot more fun um as far as the henchmen go the henchmen in this one are fine like i said mumble the little one never speaks it's jumbo who does and you, you'll recognize this guy I forgot to look him up, but you'll recognize him uh, uh, when you see him. He's been in stuff. The interesting thing with Mumbo and Jumbo is that both of them have their names on the front of their vests, you know, kind of around mid mid chest or so. And But Mumbo is so much taller than Jumbo that in order to keep, when the two of them are standing next to each other, in order to keep Mumbo's head in frame, um, Jumbo has to be framed low and you almost never see the word Jumbo on his shirt because of that it took me, I, I mean you, you can barely see it, and the way the, the guy kind of holds on to Mumbo a lot when he gets scared oh there's the door, the red door's there that, that Drac came through, okay no the door is there on the other side, I'm sorry, I don't know why they didn't show him walking through, I guess it doesn't matter um, moons and stars on the wall that's fun, I, I love the fact that it's just like you know, hey my ma, my mom wrapped some moons and stars in tin foil. <laughs> Hang him on the set. Do it. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the mumbo jumbo thing where you, you never really like. And in the end, I don't think I actually. I don't think I actually saw. I saw some the occasional letter on there, but I never saw the full name. And I remember when you see the closing credits, it's mumbo jumbo. It's sort of oh, of course, mumbo jumbo. That makes complete sense. Uh, what else is happening in this? Let me think. This is uh, this is one of those episodes where Walt never leaves the... Um, I wonder if he was doing something Love Boat related. When did he start in Love Boat? That was like 78, though, wasn't it? Uh, Walt never leaves the Wax Museum. He stays in space. I'm sure they probably shot all his scenes in like one day for this while the monsters sort of moved around. And it's funny, too, I mean, because most of this is kind of a Drac-led episode. There's a lot of Drac in it, and he's very good. He's fun to watch, and he's charming, and he... And he um, he eats the cookie. His, his teeth look. His teeth look good. His, his his front teeth, and he um, and yeah, he he looks like he's having fun. Well, all all of them look like they're having fun. I, I do kind of wish Walt were joining in, but he you know he's back at headquarters at the computer. You know, it's like the the uh, the cartoon Clue Club. They had the one girl who was always on the computer who wanted to go out in the field, but she always seemed to end up out in the field. But but they made her stay back and work the computer and do all the research and everything. So um. Yeah, so overall, Wizard, I think, is another very good episode. Is it as good as Ultra Witch? I don't think so, but it is very... I think it's I think it's just Ultra Witch has more of um, a feeling of stuff happening, whereas um, Wizard just kind of... He nabs those three buildings in the beginning, and then the rest is just trying to stop him and get Bruce and, and Frank back. And so... There's some funny stuff. I mean, when Bruce... Uh, when Drac is... Um, when Drac is turning uh, them, he turns them, them, the his friends from rabbits into doves. I think he turns them into cacti. 
and then from cacti back into one inch, one tenth of an inch tall fellas, and I like that. I think that's 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 pretty amusing stuff. Um, but yeah, overall it's a fun episode. Again, if you want super fast paced, exciting television, this isn't it. It goes at a very slow, almost pokey pace, but it's having fun and it's very silly, and everyone's up for it. And Arthur Mallet there is a, is a good wizard, and 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 Mumbo Jumbo are great, and it's a lot of fun. It is it, now it's becoming it's interesting to see like what the like they they you see the wizard's place and in the background you see that glass chamber there and you go oh i wonder what it's going to be used for this week yeah and then of course in the end we're all all the monuments have been returned and we're back in um we're back in 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 the museum and dracula's telling a long story that's boring everyone to tears and he um and it, it does have a great sort of moment where um walt walks away as Drac is telling a story, Frank walks away. As Drac is telling a story, and then the Wolfman walks away, and then Drac finishes the story by looking at the camera and saying the last line and shrugging. And we get a freeze frame. And it's over. Yay! So that's episode. What is this? Eight? Yeah, eight. Wow. Okay. So we got we got five left, and I had to look ahead at some of the some of the bad guys in them, and I think we got a nice a nice bunch. I think the next one in particular I, I remember liking very much, so um, yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm watching Mumbo and Jumbo get beat up relatively quickly. I think, yep, that's the one time you see Mumbo's, uh, uh, the front of his shirt clearly is when he and Jumbo are falling over, and then the wizard tries to zap him a bit, but it, it fails, but um, I will oh no, that's right, I completely forgot the, um, the invisible sword fight. <laughs> Another way to have some uh, violence that's not really violence. Dracula, uh, with much bragging about how good he is, uh, has a has an invisible sword fight with the wizard and uh, wins, and that's how they put the wizard in the thing and shrink him down. But yeah, it's it's fun. They look like it's fun because there there are some moments where it looks like the actors have been practicing, and there are others where it just it just looks like um, you know the uh, the director said, "You remember when you were a kid and you used to pretend sword fights? You didn't have a sword. Just do that for about twenty seconds, and that's kind of what it looks like. Just two guys kind of randomly swinging fake swords, and sometimes it looks like things might connect. Sometimes it doesn't, but that's okay. It's kind of fun to watch two grown ups jump around like a bunch of goofballs. <laughs> like I'm watching it now. It's like the first shot looks pretty good. Oh no, yeah, and that's right. The invisible sword cuts a." Uh, cuts a candle and it cuts a watermelon but the watermelon actually doesn't look that tough to cut because I think it was cut already and I love Bruce and Frank sitting in the background on kind of um, uh, not stools but um, pedestals or something and just watching the fight happen that's, uh, that's pretty fun, they're having a, having a good time that must have been fun to sit there dressed as Frankenstein monster and Wolfman and watch Dracula have an invisible sword fight with a wizard I like it. So I'll wrap that up here, everyone. Oh, oh, one last thing. There is a weird moment. I don't know if um, this is... Um, I, th- I mean, the DVD isn't particularly all that high def, but it looks nicer than like crappy copies I've occasionally seen prior to the DVDs coming out. But there's a moment when Frank is getting angry in the Empire State Building. He's kind of rolling his head around and everything like that. And you can see on the, uh, the collars of that that jacket that he wears you can see the green paint kind of coming off oh no, no frank no anyway this has been eventually super train everyone thank you so much for listening we'll be back next time uh with the last episode of 2023 uh we'll finish up season one of max headroom and we'll do the next episode of monster squad i won't tell you who the villain is you wouldn't know who the villain is anyway so uh so that i won't 
who cares? Um, I'll tell you next time. So uh, this is uh, yeah, Adventure Super Train. We're at uh, at e Super Train One on X slash Twitter, Adventure Super Train on Facebook, Adventure Super Train You can uh, email me at Danny D A N N Y Slacks S L A C K S at yahoo.com And I thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And uh, on behalf of the monsters, Max, Tim, and myself. Have a nice day. Sneaking downstairs on Christmas Eve, I saw a sight that you just wouldn't believe. Say Nick, by the fireplace, dusting off his booty with a frown on his face. He said, hey, I said, what? He said, you, I said, what? He said, you left the fire burning and I burnt my box. So now I've learned, you've got to turn the fireplace down so Santa won't get burned. Have a funky, funky Christmas.